Dirty Panties podcast contains explicit discussions of sexuality and is not recommended for listeners under the age of 18. Welcome to Dirty Panties Podcast. I'm your host, Venus Valentine. Every episode, we talk to a different guest and ask them the same 10 deeply personal questions about love and sex, encouraging them to air their dirty laundry. Our inaugural guest is Argenta Perone. Argenta Perone is a queer, Latinx, sexual and reproductive health specialist by day and drag queen by night. Legend tells us that she was born with glitter in her veins in the tiny town of Los Toldos, huddled on the edge of the vast Argentine pampas. A lively, intelligent girl in love with American films and yearning for a life beyond the endless expanse of grassland. However delusional she is, she commonly refers to herself as the people's diva, offering her advice to anyone who will listen, often unsolicited. Argenta herself became the object of intense, almost mystical adoration by the people, if only in her own mind. Well, that's the bio she gave me anyway. Let's get started. I'm in my closet because uh, it's it's my sound studio for right now. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, welcome, Argenta. Hi. Hi. You are my first ever <laughs> guest on Dirty Panties podcast. And do you remember how we met? I I really don't. I actually think didn't we meet in the bar, like at the back door, or did we meet somewhere else? Um. I remember, so Argenta and I both went to public health school together and I wanted to do research on queer populations and no one was doing it. And everyone was like, talk to Argenta. So I sent you an email and you're like, yeah, whatever. And then you actually, (laughs) you actually enrolled in the program the year after me, which was ridiculous because you'd already had like seven years experience working with like HIV management stuff. Um, And so I think I met you at school actually. Yeah, it might have been. I don't know. It's some conglomeration of the bar school, Bloomington. We'll yeah, just say Bloomington. we're talking about Bloomington, Indiana. So, yeah. yeah, now I live in fabulous Las Vegas and Argenta is in Hawaii. Yes, in yeah. fabulous Hawaii. In fabulous Hawaii. So, um, what is your your life's work at this point? And that can be your job or it can be doing drag or it can be whatever. And how do you think it impacts your love life? I mean, I guess like my life's work is like actual sexual reproductive health. That's what I do for a living, right? But like, you know, smashing the patriarchy, all that stuff follows in, in line with that. I, and, you know, to be honest with you, it has made me like I'm super kind of prudish, when it comes to myself, like I really am not overtly sexual about things. Like, I don't know. I mean, I think it's just because I talk about it all the time, you know, but like, it doesn't make me uncomfortable. I just personally 
don't like you know thirsty people like it yeah. just don't like it just it puts me off like if someone's like oh he's cute and it's every five minutes and I'm just kind of like Ugh. yeah so I don't know and I don't know if that's like some sort of weird internalized stigma which it probably is but like you know what I mean it's just one of those things where it's like maybe because I've seen so much you know I mean we both know that we've been part of the HIV epidemic for years you know I started in 1995 so I was just at the beginning of when we were getting actual medications that worked. So I think maybe that kind of harkens back to that like modesty culture, which is really weird. And because on the flip side of it, I have no problem talking about everything. Sure. Um, no, I really relate to that because I do phone sex for a living and I went to grad school to study sexual health promotion. And I'm the same way when people come at me just like, you know, especially guys, if they're hitting on me and they get really, you know, sleazy right out the gate, I'm just like, I'm a lady. How dare you? <laughs> so I don't think Same. it's just you. I just, I think if your, if your job revolves around sexuality, then like on your days off, you kind of, you know, it's not that we're not sexual people, but we maybe don't want to necessarily have that all up in our grill. Right. I mean, um, and it's like one of those things where it's like, if you're on like a, like a, hookup app or a dating app or whatever the hell we're calling them these days yeah. but like the first message is like hey and then here's my asshole and it's like yo like <laughs> right can I right? Least get in how are you doing <laughs> right and like maybe it's not being in my 20s anymore but I feel like even then I probably wouldn't have been attracted to that um, no. I actually want to follow up a little bit about talking about what it is like we're both kind of um I forget Xenials or Gen Y were both people who were like kind of on the cusp of like Gen X and millennials and mm -hmm. HIV was like such an integral part of the sex education we received as teens. Like I used to have nightmares about having sex and having a condom break, like because I was basically taught in school if you if you have sex, but especially if you don't have sex with a condom, you're going to die. And yeah. I can imagine being a young gay man that would have like been twice as bad for you. I mean, it does. And it fucks with you because it's like, so I had to take health over the summer because I was like in theater and I had to have theater yeah, during so. the school year, mm -hmm. uh -huh. like every other queer in America. Um, so I had to take health over the summer and this woman came into our health class. Her name is Deborah Stanley. She is an absolutely amazing person. She is this like, really out of control woman <laughs> who like was talking about sex and talking about HIV and and she and you know ended up being my mentor and all of those things I absolutely adore but the thing with it was is like in that moment that was when I learned it was okay to be who I was mm -hmm. because Deborah Stanley said it was okay I had no clue who this woman was prior and like the way she was talking to us was very frank and open but in that moment I knew it was like okay yeah. to be gay you know and so that was a thing but like I think you're absolutely right I think HIV has just been such a like a huge thing within our own like our generation our yeah or whatever the hell we're calling us um because it's just we're the first ones to live with it you know what I mean like yeah we don't know life without it yeah and I feel like like now it's like you know 
preferably you don't contract HIV, but even if you do, it's no longer a death sentence. We have treatment. Um, But when we were growing up, it was like, if you get it, you're going to die. And like Magic Johnson is still alive. But like when I was 11 years old, I'm like, he's going to die, you know? Oh yeah. The fucked up part that kills me is you're right. The 20 year olds aren't experienced with, you know, seeing people die all the time, but yet the stigma is still there. Like, that's the mm, yeah. fucked up part. It's like, first Even of all... Even with, like, herpes, people have that kind of stigma. Right. And so, in the other, on the flip side of it, though, and kind of going back to this, like, pro, this, like, modesty culture, when prep first came on the scene, and people were, like, Can calling people... Can you explain people, what prep is for people oh, who don't know what it sure. is? So, pre-exposure prophylaxis is, like, a once-a-day pill you take for, um, to prevent the transmission of HIV for a seronegative someone who doesn't have HIV. So, but when PrEP came out of the scene, they started calling people like Truvada whores. And Truvada is the name mm. of the drug that it was. And it's just like, there was that shaming around that too, of people actually taking an active role in their well-being. And we were shaming them for that. And I'm just kind of like, you, you can't have both yeah. ways. Yeah. Like, you know, and the stigma just needs to go. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. And now we're dealing with the whole coronavirus pandemic thing. And it's funny because I keep hearing people say, oh, this has never happened before, not in our lifetime. And I'm like, uh, I was born in 1980 and I remember Reagan refusing <laughs> to talk about HIV <laughs> and making um, gay jokes. And I think for people who weren't who had no connection to that community or who didn't realize how bad it was then, it's easy to be like, oh, this has never happened before. But I think a lot about how much like stuff like social distancing and wearing masks and stuff kind of like harkens back to the like, you know, are you going to catch HIV from, you know, someone breathing on you and just having to use condoms the way that, that people in queer communities historically fucked changing really drastically and, Right. And how they were meeting to fuck. Like that was yeah. the biggest thing is like, so right now dealing in this kind of coronavirus era um, and having work, working with people who are actively living with HIV. And we have some very long-term survivors. Yeah. You know, a lot of people in Honolulu have been, you know, they're a lot older here and we are so grateful for them to be old. You know, now we have to figure out what that actually means. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the thing with it is, though, is it's like, this is also triggering some of those memories. Yeah, of like, PTSD. You know, and so like the AIDS survivor syndrome, which is so funny to me because the symbol or the acronym for that is ASS. Um, oh my God, that's so, amazing. But AIDS survivors, and it's such a thing because like, you know, I got a call from someone one day and they were just talking to me and we were just chit-chatting about things and they kind of started talking about their feelings around HIV and the coronavirus and how it was bringing up this like kind of like anticipated grief. And I was like, wow, that's deep, you know, because you don't know what's going to happen if someone with HIV catches this disease, you know, For so, sure. you know, even undetectable, you're still slightly immunocompromised. Absolutely. So it's like, are we going to start seeing, you know, more people living with HIV die. And so luckily yeah. I haven't heard a huge to do about that. So, you know, and again, like in Honolulu, a lot of our people are undetectable, you know, they're taking their meds and things like that. And again, they're a little bit older. So their concerns are more like diabetes, 
you know. Sure, sure. So, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's my whole. That's yeah, my yeah. Life under pandemic. So we're gonna we're gonna take this in a little weirder direction, which is: Have any of your exes reached out to you during quarantine, or have you reached out to any of them? Fuck no. Like so. <laughs> but here's the here's the fucked up thing: When Mercury went into retrograde, like right before all this stuff happened, yeah, and it's going like, right, again in like three weeks or something. So one of my exes that I have not seen. I mean, I literally, to be honest with you, it's been probably 15 years since we dated uh-huh. and the, and I have not spoken to them in like probably a good 11, 12 years. Oh wow. All of a sudden they just started popping up all over my Facebook and Instagram oh, and God. all this, shit. but like, but like not like their profile, just like in pictures of other people with other people or like, you know, it was just those things. And I was like, what the fuck like super fucking triggering because this dude cheated on me like all the time and then like turned it on me when I got like jealous you know and you know it just was like very gaslighting it was fucked up but but that was yeah did he actually reach out to you at all or were you just seeing him randomly everywhere okay it was just randomly yeah he never reached out to me thank god because I would have just been like Nah, nah, dude. You already kind of told me the answer to this when I asked you before, but um, is there anything you miss about your worst ex, even if you're really glad you're not with them anymore? No. Like, yeah? So that's the thing. I was trying. So when I read this, I have been trying to think of something about an ex that I really liked. And I kind of like, to be honest with you, I've been in some fucking toxic relationships. Yeah. You know, and not to say that like I didn't contribute to that toxicity because I most definitely did. But like now I look back on it and I'm like, Ugh. but like you don't even miss the sex or like I had no. an ex who would steal cheese from work for me. Like nothing like that. He was no, a be- chef. Yeah. <laughs> no because they were all broke <laughs> they were oh all, man like, okay. they had like no jobs you know what I mean it's just like sure. a ham. so it wasn't like you know the sex was great or anything and it wasn't you know what I mean like I don't know there just was nothing to miss no that's that's a totally no. fair answer and I understand it um okay so let's get even shadier is there okay. anyone you wish you could unfuck and why? Like someone that like someone that like seemed like a good idea at the time and you were excited about it, but then afterwards you're like, mm, why'd I do that? Probably every one of the male strippers I've ever slept with. <laughs> 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 well, it was, cra- it was crazy because when we lived in Bloomington, they used to have this like Wednesday night strip club called Boys on Poles. Mm-hmm. And there was like a couple of guys who were gay for pay. And right. like, I really wanted to bang one of them, but I had a boyfriend at the time and I've always kind of regretted <laughs> it. So I'm glad to know that you, you want to unfuck those guys. Cause I, I still, yeah. part of me still really wishes that. Well, I, I never slept with any of those guys. Okay. So no, it wasn't no. the, it wasn't the boys on poles. It was no, else. <laughs> I don't, I don't do. I don't what do is it about, what is it about uh male strippers that, that makes you want to unfuck them? It just happens. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah. like as much, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't like just happen, but it's like, for some reason they're like, I must smell like money and something. I don't know. <laughs> because they always like latch on to me or, and like one time I was at a strip club having a conversation with the stripper about um, trickle down economics. Oh, wow. Like literally this dude had an MBA 
and we were discussing it's economics. Hot. I mean, right? But it was just like, and then we fucked. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was just like, yeah. So I mean, they were all great people. I'm sure. And it just was like a hard thing about being a sex worker is like if you meet someone in that work environment, there's no way to really keep it. Yeah, it just changes the dynamic completely. Yeah. 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 And it was just, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't think the sex is bad and I don't regret having sex. I just sure. wish, I don't know. It I guess just kind of happened without you really thinking it through. It sounds like. Yeah. And drinking, yeah. you know, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Like, alcohol for sure. Oh, I mean, so it is what it is, but. It is what it is. So I know that not everyone believes in astrology, but I do. And so I'm going to ask you, what is your astrological sign? And do you think it has an impact on your love life? Or do you think that's all bullshit? Um, well, I'm a Taurus. Mm-hmm. Um, like full on bullheaded asshole. Um, I think it does because like when I'm not in a relationship, like I just want to be at home. Like, you know what I mean? I have that sure. like, typical Taurus like... No, dude, I'm already in my <laughs> pajamas at two yeah. o'clock in the afternoon. I can't go out. Yeah. Um, like I'm I just, same. I'm also a Taurus, so right. I'm really, yeah. So it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, I just open this yogurt, so. <laughs> so like clear my schedule for the rest of the day. <laughs> right. Like I'm in for the night. But yeah, no, I think that, and I think I'm just like super stubborn. So I've never done a lot of research around for like sure. what they Well, like. One of the things they say about Tauruses that that I find isn't true for me is that, like, we're supposed to, like, basically settle down and be monogamous, like, super long term. I don't know if that accurately describes me so much. I mean, I, I think I like the idea of that, but then in reality, it usually doesn't work out that way. Yeah, I think I, I agree with that. I think in my past, you know, lifetimes ago, I think like that was a thing. Like I think all my previous sure. relationships were like based on that notion that 2.5 kids thing. But like, yeah, I just don't, in reality, I just don't see it working. Sure. Um, I mean, I know that like Tauruses are supposed to be a little jealous and that every once in a while, but like... I don't know. I've kind of mellowed out in my old age. For sure. I just don't give a fuck. At this point, if you're under 35, the only thing we're doing is fucking. Beyond that, I have nothing else. To I, f- I feel that, especially since these kids, like, they're getting their sex ed from porn. Right. And, like, we didn't have internet porn. I mean, maybe it existed, <laughs> but it was, like, in news groups and shit. Like, I, sur- I mean, it took, like, two hours for a JPEG to load. Right. You had to, <laughs> like, you had to get internet by using the phone line. So, like, yeah, the idea of that's, like, how you learned about sex really kind of such a disconnect for me with people yeah. who are in their 20s. So I enjoy the millennial sex because sure. millennials are much more open and much more, like freaky yeah that's that's true they're all like pansexual and polyamorous it's crazy which is great i'm here for it i had some gen y or whatever we're calling them um gen z that's what it is gen z we're gen y they're gen z yeah so like the gen zers i had one of them hit me up on recon the other day just basically was very like I want to be your sub, da 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 and here are the rules to that and all this stuff without even, like, saying a word to me other than that. Wow. Like, I was like, that's cute for you. 
block. Yeah. Like, how about asking for my consent first? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just like, but then all of a sudden it turned into like, oh, well, and then you'll need to buy me this, this, and this. Oh, God. Oh, boo-boo kitty, no. Well, and also I feel like sex work is way more normalized for like yeah. Gen Z. Like everyone has an OnlyFans now and it used to be like God, a lot yeah. more taboo it seems like and i still think there's a strong stigma around sex work but i think that along with porn has gotten really normalized so yeah i do appreciate the uh, the whole like just for fans only fans thing because you know like i think it's a little bit more like um ethical consumption in in a way just because it's produced by the person yeah yeah and that's part of the problem is everyone thinks porn is free now (laughs) Right. Because it's like piracy has become so normalized. So yeah, it's good that content creators have a way of getting paid directly at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And and I just like, you know, I have a number of friends who do it. I don't actually like go on. I don't understand the concept of OnlyFans. Like (laughs) the whole like interactive part of it just doesn't work for me. But sure. Like I'll subscribe because I know that they need the money. Sure. Sure. Let's take this onto a brighter note. So like what was one of the best dates of your life? Like, is there any you can look back and you're like, that was awesome date. I did. I went on a date with this person. Like we went to B-Town Diner and then we went geocaching at night. What's geocaching? It's like a high tech treasure hunt. So basically people put like geocaches, which sometimes they're little boxes, sometimes they're not, but they stick them in like urban centers or, you know, in forests or whatever. And you have to find them. Yeah. And you, when you find them, you sign, you know, you sign your name. There's nothing like you don't win anything. You just found it, you know? Sure. So it's like, it's a puzzle. They give you coordinates. You use your phone. You know, it's a really cool concept. And so, yeah. you know, like I like to do that. And it was like, we had a great time, and, you know, and then I got ghosted, of course. Yeah. Um, like that's, you always get ghosted after the best right. fucking dates. It's crazy. Well, then this person tried to come up to me at Pride that year. Yeah. So the fucked up thing though is I've been, you know, in drag all fucking day and I'm at the bar. I'm out of drag at this point because I've gone home and showered Yeah. (laughs) and it's like 2 a.m. I'm trying to just chill and drink a little bit, you know, and this person like walks up and wants to have this really fucking heavy conversation about why they ghosted me. Oh God. And you're like, I don't even care anymore. Go away. Not an appropriate time. Yeah. Right. And it had been like months. And I was just like, I was like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. That's a you problem at that point. Yeah. That's real as fuck. Oh, well. Oh, well. So what was one of the worst dates of your life? Do we even want to open this can of worms? Oh, my God. So the worst date I ever went on, I went on with this guy that I was like, I like made out with all the time, like at the bar, you know, like, Uh and I was just like, Hey, like, let's go out sometime. So we went out I thought like it was cool or whatever. And then come to find out, like he told someone else that he only went out with me because he felt sorry for me. Oh my God. Yeah. Why? The funny thing is, is that's not the first time that's happened. Oh, (laughs) that's horrible. I mean, I guess that was, I mean, it was the worst date because it was like, you could tell there was no interest from him. Yeah. I just don't understand why you would agree to go on a date with someone if you weren't into them. Like, that just seems stupid to me. But but why are you also making out with, like, why are you Yeah, that's shady. Like, you know, you're seeking out this, like, sexual relationship with me in a way, like, I don't know. Anyway, don't want to dwell on it. That's some bullshit. I'm so sorry about that. 
So, oh, this kind of is a good transition to the next question, which is like, who is the grossest person you secretly want to fuck or like multiple gross people? I just want to know. <laughs> um, but aren't all gay men like problematic as fuck? Um, yeah, pretty much. No, I didn't. I didn't say that. You said that. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yes. Speaking from experience. Uh, well, let me, let me rephrase that. White gay men tend Fair to enough. be problematic as fuck. You know, um, I think like the one person who's super fucking problematic that I kind of, like, secretly want to fuck is James Charles. Who's James Charles? He's that little fucking makeup twink that is, like, blew up big because of the highlighter. He's is like, he like some, a YouTuber? Yeah. He's got, like, a Morphe palette now. There's a Okay, whole, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look him up on my phone. Tell me his name again. James Charles. And while you do that, I'll go on with my list. No, um, please but, do. Draco Malfoy, because... Oh, shit, yeah, me too. But he seems like he'd be, like, a bitch bottom. Like, a whiny bottom. Yeah, no, he'd be difficult, but there's something so sexy about him. I know. Um, I don't know. So, uh, that's the thing, is I don't know... Like, when someone's super problematic to me, I just don't want to fuck them. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, I follow a bunch of problematic, like... I follow a bunch of white people on Instagram that are really cute... But then I also follow people like Todrick Hall, who's also very attractive. I love Todrick Hall. And yeah. he's kind of problematic. Yeah. But in a different we're all, way. We're all getting sent to Cancelvania sooner or later. Yeah. I stole that from Robert Evans, but I, I can't get over that. No, but like, but I mean, Todrick's like problem or his like grossness comes from the fact that like he doesn't pay his employees. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, so yeah. that's a little bit of a different fucked up thing. But anyway. Yeah, there's so, so many different levels of, of yeah. being garbage. And that's so true. Okay. What is your favorite music to get it on to? Nothing. Nothing? I've never had sex to music. Really? I, I do not grasp the concept. Like, I know that there's, like, baby making music, quote unquote. Sure. But, like, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, like, you know that's I mean? fair. Like, do you listen to music just otherwise? I do, you know, like when I'm walking home, but like I don't like sit in my house and listen to music. You know sure. what I mean? And you perform to music and you're very specific right. about what you choose for that. Yeah, but, and that would be, that's it. Which is why like my repertoire kind of seems a little bit more limited these days because I'm not, <laughs> you know, hip with the new kids. But, and, but the thing is, is I listen to like, a lot of folklore music from Argentina. So that movie is <laughs> fucking weird. Uh, I'm gonna like have to find some Argentinian like folk music and like dub it over. <laughs> Put like Mercedes Sosa. That's okay. What she did. Okay. But like, but like, yeah, it'd be kind of fucked up to like fuck to like that kind of stuff. Like, sure. Well, like, I don't know. To me, I'm such a weirdo that I'm like, I would, I would accept the challenge to be like, can I make this work? Just because yeah. it's, I like things that are a little fucked up. I mean, I guess that would be the, like, making love scene in a movie, like, okay. you know, kind of yeah, music. Yeah, fair enough. You know, like, so, but, ugh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, no, that's fair. Not everyone is into, like, music in that way. Okay, last question. What's something that's not normally considered sexy that really turns you on? I don't know. Like, this was hard when I saw this one, because I was, like, sitting here trying to think of, like, things that are not normally sexy you know what i mean like sure. like everything to me can be sexualized just i guess in because right of context the, yeah. yeah and the nature of my business it, it like everything 
has been sexualized. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be very real about Argentinian that. Argentinian folk music, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, but even that like dichotomy of being a drag queen and being in, you know, sexual reproductive health, like you just, you can hear it all, you know? Yeah. But one thing I guess that may not be considered sexy is I really love the violet wand which oh, yeah. is that like electro stimulation oh no that's that's definitely a kink thing and I had a really hot leather dikes one on me when I was in Philly and it was hot, yeah. so hot yeah there's this like there's this glove that has these like metal you know um talons on it I guess is what yeah you I've them. seen those yeah and I love that goth ass shit uh-huh. Yeah, it always freaks me out, though, because, you know, of course you have to, like, ask someone, do you, like, have a pacemaker? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you mind if I run a current of electricity into your body right now? Right, like, it kind of kills the mood, but uh, are you... No, I could, I could see that. That's, like, something that's really hot to people, or they're like, why the fuck would you want to, like, yeah. electrocute me sexually? Yeah, so... But it's... I mean, it's both. Like, I love the yeah. feeling of it. Like, that kind of, like, just, like, that light, tingling feeling is just oh, really... Yeah. It's really nice, but no, it's, it's like euphoric. I love it. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's like one of my big things. It's like sexy, but isn't yeah sexy. confusing boner sexy. Yeah, like, those are my favorite boners. Confusing boners. <laughs> like, why am I here? <laughs> right, right. I, I feel like yeah, that's that's kind of my aesthetic in general. Giving people confusing boners. Hey, I mean, and the funny thing is, is like you know, it's like. Because it could always say, like, you know, strip club back rooms are sexy, you know. Sure. I've ended up in a number of them for free, by the way. I, like, I'm totally into paying, like, but yeah. I've never paid. So, yeah. but the funny thing is, is that Drake song where uh-huh. he's like, do you ever get nervous? Yeah. <laughs> like, are you high right now? Right now. Do you ever get nervous? <laughs> so, like, I actually said that to somebody while they were like, Cause they were like, so what's going on? What are you into? And I was like, all I could think about was, um, <laughs> was that song that was like, okay, hold up. I'm going to, I'm going to look it up. Cause like, I love that. And you're the only other person who knows that song. <laughs> and I was and, like, like you, hell you, yeah. You would, hell yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Fucking right. That's right. Yeah. Like you would just do it in the middle of your like drag performances and like out of the blue and i'm like that's that drake song it's, <laughs> I would oh, always it's, like, it's called hyfr is the official name of the song uh, hold on do you love this shit are you high it. right now <laughs> do you ever get nervous are you single i heard you fucked your girl is it true you getting money you think those beep you with is with you i feel like i want to do a podcast with just asking people those questions I feel like that those are the most, I think those are the most ideal questions. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that, that, that covers a broad range of topics. I'm confused you, by the, like, I heard you fucked your girl. Is it true? I think like, because he's talking it, to a girl, you know what oh, I mean? So he's like, you know. Okay. For so. some reason I thought he was talking to a guy and I'm like, if it's his girlfriend, then like, yeah, he probably has fucked her. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that. Well, I mean, that's my interpretation. I don't know. I'm not Drake. That's so. fair. That's um, but fair. no, in the middle of this like, <laughs> lap dance, and this guy's like, da 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 And I was like, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Because I was like half drunk and I wasn't paying attention. And I was like, are you high right now? Do you ever get nervous? And he was just like, wait, what? And I was like, I don't know. It's, just it's a good on. like go-to 
two lines. So yeah, I have I have a fetish from like Lil Wayne's line of questioning and, and hell yeah, fucking right. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Fucking right. No, that's that's a that takes me back to grad school actually. That came out mm-hmm. when we were in grad school. So I anyway. Man, so is there anything else you would like to share um before we move on to pluggables? Um no, I think I've shared enough. <laughs> I think I uh, thank you for sharing. Thank you for, for um, being open and honest about, you know, the realness. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. I think that's the one thing is like, because I've been, and this is going to get real deep for a second. Get um, real deep, please. So I have like OCD. I have BDD and I have BED and BVD, one, two, three, whatever. Um, I have all the letters. Um, and so that's one of the things like that when I was in Bloomington was unchecked. And yeah. it was on, and so it was like really, it really fucks with you. And having like body dysmorphic disorder sure. is really, you know, it's really fucked. And so that's where a lot of like, I think I think that's where a lot of like prudishness comes in where it's like, I'm projecting that. But like now that I'm like dealing with this on that level, you know, and dealing with medication and things like that, you know, I think things have like really kind of changed for me because like I'm on an antidepressant. And so like, well, of course my sex drive was just like so low, but I think my frame of mind really changed when I, once I started addressing it in the terms of like, yeah of like who I wanted to date you know what I mean because having more self-worth and right yeah and it's just like kind of chasing that eternal youth all the time yeah for gay men specifically and I'm just like "Eh, I don't have time for this yeah you just got to be a sexy daddy and be like I'm not yeah right I just that's why I'm like kind of solely on recon recon is like a gay men's like kink site it's kind of like fat life but only for gay men sure sure so like, yeah, like I'm only on that because like if I'm going to have an interaction with someone, like. Do you find know. that like in the kink scene or on recon, it's less, because I know that like on Grindr, some of these sites, there's very much like you have to have a particular aesthetic, whether you're a twink or whether you're a bear or a muscle man or like whatever. Do you find that the people into kink, they're less aesthetically focused and more focused on the kink part or no? Yeah, I think they're more focused on the kink. Like to be honest with you, like. I get a range of people that like hit me up, you know, like, like people who are like traditionally quote unquote attractive to, you know, whatever the other extreme is considered. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's more conventionally attractive and unconventionally attractive. Let's just put it that way. That's perfect. Yes. But like, that's the other thing too, is because like, I think it's how you present yourself. And it's like, for me, kink gives me that power. Cause of course, you know, like, I'm obviously dumb because you know that because of Alexa. Um. <laughs> yeah. Just a quick aside. Um, I got uh, Argenta a comp at this very fancy casino in Vegas and uh, the room had an Alexa and the whole time that Argenta was staying there, he was like, Alexa, do that. Like just bossing her around <laughs> like crazy. It's funny story is I bought one. Um, oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> So, like, my whole house is basically controlled by Alexa at this point. She's holding it down for you. Well, like, I really think my neighbors are like, who is this dude talking to? Right? It's your slave. Yeah. Whatever. You know, it's the most, you know, healthy relationship I've ever had. I love Uh, it. Yeah. Kink knows no, no, uh, I was going to say species, but, you know, she's a robot and you're a human. 
you know, yeah. that can be hot. That's someone's fetish. So like yeah. I met someone who liked licking eyeballs. Oh I yeah. Was... Yeah. Which apparently can give you herpes of the eye, which yeah. you really do not want herpes of the eye. It can make yeah. you go blind. Cause of course so. my mind went right there and was like, Ew. Yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> yeah. That's a terrible idea. Conjunctivitis. Conjunctivitis. Okay. So um, why don't you go ahead and, and tell people what your social media is. If you have any projects you want to promote. I don't have any, I don't have any projects, you know? I'm yeah. That's chilling okay. out here you're, in Hawaii. You're holding it down in Hawaii. You're doing really important HIV related stuff. Okay. You're Argenta Perone on Instagram and that's yeah. called A-R-G-E-N-T-A-P-E-R-O-N. Like yeah. Avita Perone except, yeah. Argenta. Argenta. Um, yeah, so no, I mean, ultimately, like, I guess my only projects would be if anyone's interested in being, you know, <laughs> being a project, I'm, <laughs> I'm available for <laughs> project management. Um, so. Yeah, and it's a plus if they like violet ones. Yeah. I mean, hell yeah. And if you have one, and that's just expensive. One. That shit is expensive. I really want one and I don't just yeah. have an extra $300 for it. I found one. I found like a, I almost said ancient one. <laughs> I found one from the kind of an antique era. one from, from when they used it to cure hysteria <laughs> in 1890. <laughs> I, I did. I found like an antique one and I was oh, like, neat. Oh my so. God. What are they used for? If not kinky sex, do they like, what is their intended purpose? Do you know? I have no clue to be honest with you. Like I've, the funny thing about it is, is because I'm in electrology school right now. Like, uh, like for doing electrolysis. Yeah. And okay. so like, I now know how they work. Like, because oh. you have to take both physics and all of that shit just because electrolysis is electric. I feel so, like, like that could be a good kink scene is like electrolysizing someone's pubic hair or something. I mean, I'm sure somebody <laughs> likes it. That shit's, it hurts. Like, yeah, but see, I mean, but getting like I've gotten waxed and that shit hurts. Yeah, so I mean, it this probably is just, doesn't hurt any more than that. Oh, probably. I mean, you have to imagine this is heat and electricity. Oh, okay, maybe so, it does. Yeah. Um, and a little needle that has to go into the pore, so it's like. <laughs> but yeah, that's I mean, like hot and scary at the same time. I mean, I mean, yeah. just. A I mean, if you're into like needle fetish. Yeah, yeah, can be a thing. But yeah, so I learned how they work, but I have no clue what they were originally created for. Like, I'm gonna like Google that shit right now. Actually, violet wands. How do they work? What are violet wands used for? Oh, here's the Wikipedia page. Okay, violet wands are modern electrical, sexual, or kink stimulation toys. Yeah, but like, what's the history? I think that's it. I think they were just created for it. So, like, you had one from the 1950s from like old school perverts. Old school perp. Old school perp. I mean, there is like well, Fakir Musafar like, getting it on in the 50s. Yeah. Well, it's also like the TENS machines, the ones that are supposed to Oh, like, yeah. Those massage. are the bomb. Yeah. You like oh. stick to pads and it makes mm-hmm. your muscles. So, okay. When I was in grad school, um, my mentor then had me do a study to use this like vibrating dildo. It was like a rabbit vibrator, but it had a TENS pad on it. 
So you would stick it in your vag and it would make your vag involuntarily contract. It's like a tensinet <laughs> vibrator. Wow. And like, I don't know why they were testing them scientifically, but I got paid like $200 for that study. And then I used that money to like go on a romantic vacation to Kentucky with Ooh. my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking romantic Kentucky. Well, Bloomington, Bloomington's like real close to Kentucky. So like we went yeah. to Maker's Mark and. I mean, there's some really pretty areas of Kentucky. Oh, it's beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful. It's just like, there's areas you're going through where like you can't get any phone service. And like, if you broke down, it feels really like, oh, what's that movie? <laughs> it feels like Deliverance. Yeah. Like, they might like, kill you if you like, <laughs> yeah, it's all bluegrass and no internet. And it's yeah. kind of scary. According, according to this page, they were, Violet Ones were created because they were believed to have some sort of health benefit. So, okay. Yeah, that sounds um, about right. There's the International Violet Wand Guild. Oh. I've like now fallen down the Violet Wand rabbit hole. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you read up on that. <laughs> oh, there is a history here. Okay. Okay. Tell, tell me the history um, of the Violet Wand. It's based on an antique advice in about the same way that computer monitors are based on old televisions. Um, in the mid-1900s, an MLM company began marketing the oh, transitional God. Violet Ray device for its health effects. This was much safer device than the antiques. Kingsters caught on to the possibilities in the late 90s and began so manufacturing was, them. It was like LuLaRoe or like doTERRA except for like pilot ones. <laughs> like housewives, Tupperware. Man, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a Tupperware party. It's a Tupperware yeah. party with pilot ones. But the fun part about it is, is that the TENS device, like I bought a TENS device, so I was like, oh, these are probably the same things. But you can buy them with it's, your FSA. Oh, shit. Yeah, you can. Yeah. And, like, you can actually use them to treat sore muscles as well as right. torture people. I mean, you I mean, I tried putting a TENS pad on my pussy once, and it didn't do anything, but maybe I was, like, doing it wrong. So Yeah, I don't – the TENS pad doesn't feel, like, great to it me. It has to be, like, on a muscle – yeah, like it yeah. doesn't feel like absolute. Like it doesn't feel great to me. Whereas, like the violet one just has that kind of like light touch to it. Sure, because sure. you're not. You totally don't really have to touch sensation. someone. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was wonderful catching yes. up with you. Thank you for for being my inaugural guest. No problem. And um, thanks for having me. Of course. All right. Uh, Have a good. All right. I'll see you later. I'm going to go walk home now. Go walk home. Bye. Bye. Dirty Panties Podcast is produced by me, Venus Valentine. Our sound engineer is Kirsten Johnson. Our theme music is Euphoria by Desac. That's spelled D E C E K. And you can find more smooth music on Bandcamp and Spotify. We release new episodes on Wednesdays every other week, so make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single one. If you enjoyed the show, please make sure you rate it on Apple Podcasts to help others find it as well. If you really enjoy the show, you can support us on Patreon by going to dirtypantiespodcast.com. Subscribers have access to exclusive merch and lots of fun bonus content. If you'd like to know more about me or follow me on social media, 
go to bbwvenusvalentine.com. And that has my links to my Instagram, my Twitter, and all of the other sites where I create salacious content. Until next time, stay dirty.